Hey fellow nerds, I'm Megan Smiley and this is the Lawyer's Escape Pod. For those of you who've gotten into practice, looked around and thought, so this is my life? I get it. You're in deep and you feel stuck. You may have no idea what the next step would be, or maybe you have an idea, but think it's unrealistic. I truly believe that there's a path forward for each of us if we're intentional about finding it. And this podcast will be a great source of advice and inspiration for you to make that leap to a more fulfilling career. Kim Nickel is my guest today. She is a lawyer turned mindfulness and leadership coach. Kim tells us about how she explored her natural interests and that took her into this new field. It was scary, but also enlightening for her to realize that many people actually make money outside of the legal and corporate world. So Kim has created this portfolio career for herself. And among other things, she specifically works with lawyers on wellness and mindfulness. And they can be important tools to calm your brain long enough to get clarity about whether you hate practice or you just hate your environment. Uh, Kim is also a really great example of someone who's found work that really aligns with her personality and strengths. And She gives us some hope about managing the stresses of being a lawyer. So I know you'll enjoy this episode. And just another quick reminder that if you want to join us in the Facebook group, Illegal Design, love to have you come having some good, interesting conversations on a lot of this stuff that we talk about on the podcast. So without further ado, here is Kim. Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. So I like to start with everyone by asking, what took you to law school in the first place? <laughs> That's such a good question. I sometimes <laughs> ask myself. So many how, how, Yeah. So I, you know, I think the best answer is this. After undergrad, I, I, I grew up in California. I went to college in California. And then I moved to Boston, Massachusetts, and it was amazing. Yeah. I loved living in. That's where I went to law school. Oh, you did! Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I loved living in New England, and I was in my mid twenties and thinking about what I wanted to do next. And actually, it was my mom who said, "Well, honey, what about law school?" And my first thought was, "No way." You know, I don't want to go to law school. People don't like lawyers. You know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to be a person people don't like. And yeah. she said, well, sweetheart, you can be the kind of lawyer that is helpful and that actually really helps people. And I thought, oh, like what an interesting thought. So as I started yeah. researching programs, what really stood out to me, and this is what really changed how I thought about what law school was for and what being a lawyer could mean was I started to see that law is the question of how do we as people deal with conflict, whether that is within a family, within a business, between neighbors. Like it's this really beautiful, deep question of how do humans deal with conflict, like in every area of life. So I went to law school with that kind of question and perspective and and moved back to California for that. And, you know, and that's what got me into yeah. law school. So what did, did you have a particular focus on how that would manifest for you in law school? Or did you just kind of follow the 
<laughs> the normal kind of corporate route. I don't even know what was what what is normal corporate route. But what yeah. I'll tell you is when I went to law school, I I didn't have a, a clear sense of what it meant to practice law. I really had a, a much, you know, was looking at it through more of kind of this theoretical perspective and also with this mm-hmm. understanding of law is also like this invisible fabric that touches every part of our life in society. Yeah. And we don't normally notice that until there's some kind of friction with that. I And it could be positive friction, you know, like I'm getting married and there are right. some legal implications to that. Or I'm starting a business. There are legal implications to that. So they're yeah. like, but but it's always kind of running in the background. It's always in, informing everything. But I didn't really yeah. have a clear picture of what it meant to work as a lawyer or to practice law in any in any sense. And so, <laughs> and law school does not always help with that. <laughs> no, because that's not what it's about, right? Like yeah. that's not what the yeah. education is about. So when I was in law school, I ended up drifting towards litigation. And I worked for the public defender's office one summer, and I worked in chambers for a federal district court judge. I was an extern in my last year of law school. And so being in the litigation framework really made sense to me. Mm -hmm. And I had this thought, actually, while I was having those experiences and actually meeting people who are practicing law and being within an active practice, whether it was the public defender's office or getting the perspective of being in chambers and seeing kind of like how that all happens. The -hmm. thought that occurred to me was I could probably be really good at this job, but it would require that I develop some aspects of my personality that I don't think I want to develop. Yeah. And that, like as I was approaching the end of law school, I had learned so much more both about the legal profession and also about myself as a person. Yeah. What were some lab- of those things that yeah. you felt like you were going to have to do? Yeah. Totally. So and I'll put it into contrast. Like I realized I'm a very collaborative person. Law is a very yep. competitive practice. Yeah. I am a very, you know, like – I am a very emotional, sensitive type human. And I really like that about me, actually. And what I found was, oh, like being a good lawyer is kind of like becoming a professional pessimist. Like your job is is to look for all of the possible things that could go wrong and to not even assume the best intentions, but assume maybe neutral, possibly negative with whoever is on the other side. It's such this practice of really setting up like an opposition relationship. And the more I saw that, I thought, oh my gosh, like, is that really what I want for myself? Like, is that how I want to step in? And I think one of the things that was difficult for me at the time is I didn't have a clear role model or an image of, of any practicing lawyer that really attracted me. And I thought, oh my gosh, that's what I want to be. That's the yeah. practice I want. And kind of ironically, it's only been since I've left the profession, I've started to meet lawyers. And I think, oh my gosh, if I had known you, you know, 20 years ago, that could have really changed my trajectory because I would have been able to see that there are ways of being a really 
kind, very competent, but also really collaborative lawyer. Like they do exist. It's not just, you know, kind of being ground up through the gears of, you know, this grueling profession. So it is hard because there is, I think the whole process of law school and becoming a lawyer is in many ways designed for the competitive sort of, you know, more uh, achievement oriented, winning oriented type mentality. But it's a shame if it, if it takes people that could do good work out of the profession, because it's not really a space where those people are allowed to thrive. Yeah. And I would even, I would even offer this nuance, which is that it's not just about being competitive, but it's actually about being competitive and ambitious in a way that's pretty hard hitting. And what I found, and also like, we'll talk more about what I'm doing now, but what I found in my work now is I know a lot of attorneys who are competitive, but not in a cutthroat kind of way. They still want to win. They are still very ambitious, but they have such a more holistic perspective and really like this leadership mindset that I didn't perceive at all back, you know, back in the day. Yeah. Me neither. <laughs> I yeah. mean, I, I'm gl- I will jump into what you're you're doing now a little bit more, but I'd be happy to know that you know there is sort of a cultural shift happening if there is. <laughs> um, but so I, I mean, first of all, I think it's very impressive that you had the self awareness to be able even to put words to why it wasn't a good match for you. Um, but oh, how yeah. did that play out? Well, and let me add too. I went yeah. back to I went to law school at 27 years old. So I was a little bit older than a lot of my yeah. colleagues who went to school either like two years after undergrad or went directly from undergrad to law school. And I think yeah. that actually helped me a lot because I had worked in another industry. I had worked in it as, as a, a professional adult human in the world. And right. so, you know, it, it had just given me this, this experience of being a professional adult person. So when I came to law school, I had something to compare it to. And I yeah. think that is one that's of the huge. things. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's really tricky when people go to law school right away is that you don't have an, any other adult professional context to kind of get to know yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. true. Um, and so as you realized it wasn't going to be a fit for you, were you disappointed or did you just sort of accept it? And how did you think about what your next steps would be? My first thought was, well, if this doesn't feel right, what do I do? Like I have this, I I had, you know, I had passed the bar. So I'm like, here I am with my law degree and my shiny new bar number like, what do I do now? And I ended up pivoting and I went to work in a legal publishing company. And so that was a really great landing place for me because it absolutely called upon my experience through law school and all of the experiences that I had had um, like in the process of that. But it was a business. It wasn't a law firm. 
And so it was like business hours, not billable hours. I was working with other people who had legal education and we were creating content and products for lawyers, for judges. So I was adjacent to the legal profession without being in the kind of the crosshairs of what's required for when you practice law. Yeah. Yeah. And you enjoyed that? I did. Because also, remember, I had worked for companies before that. So that was also familiar to me. So for me, it was like, oh, working for a company, not practicing law, but in the business of supporting lawyers with all of this content. And that was a great place for me for, you know, I was there for six years before I decided to leave. And that was really the big change. Like that was the big kind of, you know, awakening moment of I need to do something very, very different. And I feel terrified about this. Yeah. That's so interesting because I also had the same, it wasn't leaving practice that, that was the hardest for me. It was the next (laughs) pivot that was the hardest for me. When you really leave it to a whole different world, right? You know? Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. So, so what did that look like for you? Oh my gosh. So while I was working corporate, and this was actually the great thing about having my corporate job, my corporate life, my corporate identity, was that on the side, I started getting interested in lots of other things. And along the way, I got interested in meditation and mindfulness, which also helped me to lead my team. Like it, like mindfulness really informed the way that I communicated and the way that I stepped into my leadership role with my team. But I also got interested in movement and yoga and fitness. I became a fitness instructor. I was teaching group exercise workshops like on Saturday mornings at the gym in, you know, at one of the gyms in town just for fun. Yeah. You know, like just for fun. But I think what it started to do is it started to create this area like of my brain where I realized, oh, there are different ways to make money. There are different things that I like to learn about and do. And that really helped me as I started to think, what else is possible for me? When I reached the point where I realized, like, I can't be here anymore. It is time for someone else to do this job. Like, I need to leave. Yeah. Uh, And that, you know, that was a whole process. But when I did, it it gave me a lot of comfort to know that I did have some money coming in through like a non-corporate path because it proved to me like, okay, I will have to learn how money works when it's not through one salary, when it's like through different things. But just having that one little toehold gave me both the confidence and the curiosity to find out what else might be possible. And I think when those two things combine, then you have courage and then you can step into the unknown. I think that's so true. You know, it's, um, I think so many lawyers, particularly, as you said, the ones who go straight through um, and have never had another professional experience, it's very hard to even conceive of there being a a career path that has nothing to do or, or very, you know, it just so clearly, you know, I think we build all of our skills and, mm-hmm. you know, it all adds up together at the end of the day, but something that, you know, it doesn't 
you know, follow in the next sentence as, as totally a logical next step. And, you know, the ability to just explore your interests and open that awareness to yourself, I think is, is so important. Yeah. So, so you're there for six years and, and how did you develop your career from the point that you left the legal publisher? Well, when I decided to leave, I didn't have a very clear path of what I was going to do, but I had tremendous faith in my ability to figure it out. And actually, I would say too, having you know gone through law school and passed the state bar, that gives you a lot of confidence yeah. in your ability to learn and to persevere and to figure out hard things because those experiences. Well, I feel like lot. it should, but I feel like a lot of people it doesn't. They're like, "Well, I know how to do that thing. I don't know how to do another thing." Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's it's so interesting that that law is the practice of advocacy, and yet it can feel really hard to learn how to advocate for oneself and for what might be possible. Oh my gosh. I love that. Yes. But yeah, but when you realize like you actually have the skill, like, you know, advocacy, you know how to, you know how to research, you know how to learn. That's what you need to start finding your path forward, to start finding the door. Yeah. Yeah. And where did your path lead? So when I left corporate, I had some money saved and I had like a limited amount of time, you know, to figure to figure things out. And what yeah. I started with, you know, ultimately, so where I've landed is I've, I've landed in the space of learning and development. I have landed in the space of coaching and facilitation and also teaching meditation. So I've really created, mm-hmm. you know, what a lot of people will describe as a portfolio career where I am, I have my own business, but I also work with different companies as an independent contractor to teach and to train and to work with people. And I love it because the work I'm doing now is about helping people deal with the friction and conflict in their own life, whether that's growing as a leader, whether that's, you know, managing people, whether that's within not their work life, but their personal life, the intersection Mm -hmm. and overlap of those things is so close. And I love it, which is funny because when I look back now, it's like, oh yeah, that's what got me interested in law school. Like the stories of people and how people resolve conflict. But now instead of looking at on the level of, you know, like society, it's looking at it this very intimate personal level which then ripples out through their organizations, through their communities. So it's, you know, it's interesting to notice that, you know, at the moment when I left my corporate, I, you know, nothing really made sense. I just knew that it was time to go. And initially I started wanting to give talks to the legal community about mindfulness and meditation and stress because Mm -hmm. I was so aware of the toll that stress and anxiety takes on people who are lawyers. And so it started there. I started giving CLEs. I started giving talks. And then people began to ask me about coaching. And sort of one thing led to the, to another. And I learned also yeah. about the professional learning and development community, not just within law, but within yeah. like every industry cares about how do we help adults to learn and grow so they can become better at work. 
And that is also what got me into coaching. So now it's kind of this cool combination where I get to bring a lot of my background in mindfulness. I get to work within the legal community, but also within a lot of other industries around leadership and confidence and life coaching. It all fits together. Yeah. And feels like the work you should be doing. I, it's, I, you can hear it from you that like this, it feels very aligned for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Completely. So maybe you can tell us a little bit more about your experience of bringing these kind of mindfulness, um, and, uh, you know, managing stress messages to law firms. I'd love to hear how, what formats that takes and also maybe a little of your feedback on like, I don't really remember that being a thing when I was at a firm, but (laughs) that was like a few years ago at this point. So, (laughs) um, so I'd be curious to hear how that sort of, you know, the, the management of law firms might be evolving. Completely. It absolutely is. And, you know, as I left, so I left my corporate, my last corporate job in the fall of 2012. So we're now, you know, eight years past that. I finished law school in 2005, so 15 years ago. And at the time, I don't think anybody was talking about wellness. And what really was interesting to me, I remember being in law school. It was like my professional ethics class. And our professor one day said, do you all know that lawyers are more likely to have divorces and substance abuse and depression and suicide more than any other profession. And I was shocked. I thought, what? Is this true? Like, what am I getting myself into? Like, does, that, <laughs> yeah. does everybody know that this is true? Right? It's like, yeah. what? So that was sort of was my first big, you know, sort of like, oh, really? Interesting. Yeah. And then when I pass the bar and they say, congratulations, you're now a member of the California State Bar, let's talk about yeah. MCLEs. Every three years, you will be required to do one hour of learning about substance abuse. Well, now it's called the competence issues requirement. And it kind of felt like traffic school. It's like, imagine that when you got your driver's license, yeah. every three years, they made you take a class to learn how to not crash into things. Right, right. Right? And I just thought, that's kind of weird. Like, lawyers are intelligent people. They are advocates. <laughs> like, it's yeah, not like yeah. we don't know this. So, like, why is this such a thing? Like, what is it about the profession or the culture or, like, something is happening that is creating this? And yeah. so when I thought about wanting to do something to help address that, I thought, well, knowing that lawyers are really busy and there really is a professional culture around, you know, suck it up, be tough, um, you know, don't reveal anything that might be perceived as weakness. So that also works against people when we get isolated in that way. I thought, well, if I can present this as a tool that will fit within one of the MCLE requirements, I know that I could have a much more interesting conversation about this topic than anyone who's doing anything out there right now. Like if it's a required class 
and I can help them tick the box of, okay, here's my MCLE. Even if they're just listening to it in the background while they're eating lunch or washing dishes or something like that, I know that I can offer them something that will be a new perspective, a practical tool that might really help somebody. And so I ended up I don't even remember how I partnered with Lawline, but they're a company in New York. They produce online CLEs. And we connected several years ago. I recorded a few different MCLEs for them. And so even though the MCLE will often tick the box of the ethics requirement or the competence or substance abuse issues requirement, it really becomes a place where I can have a conversation about, hey, look, you're a lawyer, but you're also a human, and it's really important that you take care of yourself. And mindfulness is a way that you can do that. And it's yeah. been really rewarding because it reaches attorneys all around the country. And the reviews and the comments that come back really make me feel good. Like, this is why I get to do that. Like, I want to help lawyers not feel so stressed, not feel so pressured. I want them to be equipped. Like, if you want to practice law, I want you to be the happiest, healthiest, best person you can be because then you'll be an amazing lawyer. I don't want you to sacrifice your well-being for your job. I feel like that's a story none of us need anymore. Yeah. So how does mindfulness, you know, you know, it's something I I have thought about, but I wonder, you know, some people might be like, what does that word mean? And I'm sure, you know, there are different ways of, of sort of presenting it. But for you in this context, what does that mean? Mindfulness is a quality of attention. It's when our attention is in the present moment with curiosity and kindness. So what that looks like on a practical level, it's, it's like the opposite of being distracted When our minds are distracted, it's really hard to get anything done. (laughs) Also, you know, if you've ever had the experience where at the end of the day, you want to go to sleep, but your brain won't stop talking to you about all the things you need to do. (laughs) That's also also where mindfulness is helpful because if your brain is spinning cycles about what may or may not happen in the future, you're not actually in the present moment enjoying being snuggly in bed in your favorite pajamas, like reading a book, like your mind isn't there. It's someplace else. Also with lawyers, a lot of times because of the competitive nature, It's like you're always comparing yourself, you know? So the self-judgment, did I do enough? Did I do this correctly? Is it right? The judgment that you have in uh, comparing yourself to others, like all of that becomes exhausting and draining and you're not then in the moment, right? Because you're in the state of judgment and assessment. So when we remember how to, bring our attention into the present moment, that starts to feel a lot more relaxing because we're not trying to solve for the future or the past. And when we're able to let go of that judgment part and just be curious and kind, which is a state that each of us has experienced because we all showed up in the world like as, as babies and then children. And that is how little kids operate right? Like you have to learn how to be judgmental. You have to learn how to compare yourself to others. 
nobody shows up on the planet like that. We're kind of like, we just learn that as we grow. So yeah, what becomes cool then, and especially for lawyers where, you know, nobody wants a lawyer who's freaking out and stressed all the time. It doesn't build confidence, right? <laughs> you want a lawyer who's like, yeah. I got this, I've got you, you know, like, yeah, I'm a steady hand in the stormy sea and I will counsel and advise you through this challenging process. So, you know, ironically, what lawyers often are wanting to give to their clients, like they are withholding from themselves. They're withholding that calmness and that confidence, kind of depleting themselves along the way. And what's been cool now is is actually things are starting to shift. There is now a a bigger conversation around attorney well-being. And certainly COVID and working from home has amplified that for every industry. But even before 2020, in the last few years, the American Bar Association assembled a task force on attorney well-being and produced this fantastic report about things that, you know, no matter if you are in a large firm or a solo practitioner or in-house or working for a government agency, different things that we can be thinking about to bring more well-being into the profession, into lawyers. And so mindfulness becomes really helpful because it not only creates a way to be in the presence of stress without absorbing it, without absorbing anxiety, without absorbing the overwhelm, and it also lets you think more clearly, more creatively. But as on a human level, it just improves your quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's, um, you hear from so many lawyers that they're just, they're on that overdrive stress and you know what they, they, nobody likes that. Nobody feels good in that state, (laughs) you know? And I think sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Do I hate this job and everything about being a lawyer? Do I just need to escape this because I am burnt out and and miserable? Um, and a lot of people don't, they don't have, they can't slow their brains down long enough to have any clarity on that question, <laughs> you know? Yes. Oh and, and I think it's, it's, you know, this kind of practice and taking the time and space is that's like getting free time and clarity back to kind of figure out what does make sense for you. Maybe Completely. it's practice. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's and I would add too, cause I've had conversations with some of my yeah. clients around this and they're, and they'll ask, do I hate being a lawyer or do I just work in a terrible place? Like, do I just yeah. have awful colleagues and coworkers? Right. And we can sometimes be in an awful environment or an environment that is just awful for us personally. And we'll think, oh, it's me. There must be something wrong with me. Right. Or, oh, it must be the whole profession. When actually it's just this one firm or this one manager or this one like particular team or culture that is totally bringing you down. And if you moved yourself to, a different firm, a different practice area, different people, you might actually really discover that you love being great at practicing law. But yeah. you know, to your point, if we don't have that that mindfulness or that presence of of mind to come into into stillness for a moment to ask that question, 
you know, it's hard to then see what else is possible. Yeah, absolutely. And having that clarity also, you mentioned sort of it gives space for creativity as well, right? So, Mm -hmm. you know, back to your exploring the other things that you, you enjoyed, like if you have if you can be present and think, okay, well, this is also of interest to, to me. You know, it just, it lets your brain go places that maybe it wouldn't have. <laughs> mm-hmm. And just the whole I, idea to me is that you'll find, you're going to find where you belong more painlessly <laughs> this way <Yes. laughs> you know rather than like burn down the house and start all over again <laughs> well, completely completely yeah so yeah so is this the CLE is available publicly yeah oh yeah there's one that's yeah. currently online right now that I recorded in 2017 And there's a new one that I'm recording in January of 2021, which I'm really excited about. Nice. And so what what specifically does that um, cover? So the one that's on there now is about sustainable success. And the idea is that this actually came from a conversation I had with a client. And she said, Kim, I'm living the dream, only I don't think I can take this anymore. Because, and what that really meant for her was I achieved this big goal, but it is taking the life out of me. And I don't get to have time with my kids. And my marriage is like kind of rough because I'm not available. Like it really was this moment of, you know, what is the cost of the success? And you worked so hard. Like this is the thing, right? Like lawyers are such hard workers. Just to get out of the gate to get a job as a lawyer, you have to go through at least three years of school. You have to go through your bar exam. It is expensive. It takes a lot of work. And so once you get to whatever success is for you, then let's talk about how to sustain that so that it doesn't end up costing your health, your happiness, your well-being. So that's what that MCLE is really about, is how do we look at success in a sustainable way and in a way that will continue to support you being an amazing attorney, growing and thriving in your practice without letting the overwhelm, the stress, you know, the the toxicity that might be present in your work environment get in the way. So that's what that one is. Yeah. And then the one I mean it sounds like magic like that can't be possible. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like if you talk to most lawyers and they'll say, "Oh no, like that's not how it works." Yeah. And that yeah. is such yes. a myth. You know, that is such a myth. It doesn't yeah. have to be that way. Um and so then the one that I'm recording now is the role of attorney well-being in your legal practice. And this is going to be really interesting because in the last few years there has been so much more conversation and so many more things that I see law firms doing to amplify and really center well-being for attorneys. And, yeah. you know, not just because, you know, it's like a nice humanitarian thing to do, but because it's really yeah. good for business, you know. Yeah. And what I've seen yeah. in my yeah. coaching practice too is that the lawyers who work with me they develop really incredible client management skills. And oh my gosh, like when you have a great relationship with your client, your stress level drops tremendously. 
when they love working with you because you help to diffuse their stress, they will hire you again and again and will want to work with you. So it creates this very positive, like a virtuous cycle. And I feel like it's like a very non-obvious point of leverage, but once you get it and and you start to practice it, it really does shift things in a positive way, you know? And ultimately, again, I want to equip people to be able to have the kind of career and life that you want. Like I want more lawyers to love what they do, to feel healthy and happy as humans, because I believe that it will have a very positive, (laughs) positive effect on our collective society, economy, government, business, like in, in every way possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's so refreshing to hear such sort of a, um, (laughs) like just optimistic view of, of the ability to manage some of the inherent, um, stresses of, of the practice of law. (laughs) Um, so, so Kim, where can people find you or find this MCLE? Yeah. So you can get all of that. If you go to my website, kimnickel.com. Um, and I'm also very Googleable. Like if you Google me, you'll find all of my things. I have also yeah. a podcast for new managers and it's actually so interesting too. Like I've worked with some people who are lawyers like specifically around leadership. So maybe, you know, you've just moved into a partner yeah. level or now you're leading a particular group or a practice group or a committee within your organization, and you're learning how to think differently about leadership. So people come to me for that too. But if you go to my website, kimnickel.com, you can find all points directed to my MCLEs, uh, past and upcoming, as well as other workshops and other offerings that I have there. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Kim. This was I feel like lighter just having had this conversation and I don't even work at a firm anymore. It's a pleasure. Yeah. So, you know, I can, I just talking to you, I could, I can imagine how it, it could be sort of a transformative experience to work with you. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to chat with me. You're welcome.